Well, good morning. <laughs> I want a little more noise than that. Good morning. <laughs> yeah, good to have you here. If you are part of the church, it's great to see your face as always. If you're visiting this morning, thanks for coming. Things look a little bit different this morning, but we're glad you're here. Sorry there's no tea and coffee yet. You will get your medication at the end of the service. Um, yeah, so um, my name's Scotty. I'm the pastor here. I get the privilege of helping shepherd this group of people into the calling of God here in this part of the world. And it is a gift, and today is a big day of celebration. So before we go any further, kiddos, you are welcome to head back to the class, to the back. Your teachers are waiting on you. Uh, have fun back there. Make lots of noise on the way out. <laughs> Michael, help. <laughs> So, welcome to Arise Church. We're hoping you're starting to get fed up of hearing this, and that means we're doing the job right. Uh, here at the church, we understand that Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. And so here at this church, it's our goal to transform the world around us by becoming walking houses of prayer where people encounter Jesus. It's not enough for us to have a prayer room over there that people come to, to pray. It's not enough that we gather here on a Sunday. We want to take the presence of Jesus every everywhere we go so that through us in every part of our life, people encounter him and his presence. Uh, there are three principles and six practices that shape how we make disciples here at the church. The principles are in the middle where we seek to be true to Christ, kind to people, and bold in mission. And we do that through six practices that wrap into everything that we do. Those are prayer, creativity, hospitality, justice, learning, and mission. So that is who we are, and that's what we're trying to do as we live out our mission here in this part of the world. It's exciting, right? Yeah. Um, there are some connection cards in the seat back in front of you. Um, fill one in if you want to get on our mailing list. More importantly, and here's what we're going to do this morning. Grab a connect card if you can see it. Wave it above your head. Okay. Turn it over and look at the back where it says prayer requests. Our prayer team loves to pray for our church. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm actually going to give us one minute right now. I think this was Bob Stockwell's suggestion. Going to give us one minute to fill out a prayer request. Because everyone in here has something that you need prayer for, and we want to pray for it. So take a minute, fill it in, and then we'll continue. Unexpected twist. <laughs> You can keep filling that in. When you're done, there's a silver box on the way out the doors at the back of the auditorium. Drop that in there. 
Um, every Tuesday at 4 p.m., there's a team of people that meet here at the church to intercede for our church and all the requests that are there. There's also a list of people that receive those prayer requests. So if you want to receive those on the other side, you can just write a little note that says, hey, I want to get the prayer request sent out to me. And uh, we're going to continue leaning into what it is to be a praying church. A um, couple of other things here for you. Um, you may remember at the end of last year, the final sermon we did was a, a sermon called One. So we launched an initiative where we said, what would happen if this year every single person in our church picked one person and spent one minute every day praying for that person, invited them for one meal, bought them one gift, just a whole series of ones. If we focused our attention on one person, praying for them to come to know Jesus, what might happen by the end of the year? Um, and so people wrote names on white three by five cards. You may see Daniel Reister and Randy Edmiston made a beautiful uh, display thing. What will we call it? A display thing. They made a beautiful display thing out in the lobby for them. Um, if you weren't here, here's the invitation. Um, when you see the display with the three by five cards, there's a little table opposite it. There's a basket that has three by five cards. If you didn't write a name, grab a pen, grab a card, and just ask God, who's one person in my life this year that you want me to pursue? Um, that I'm going to love, and I'm going to bless, and I'm going to pray for. Um, I write it, stick it in the display, and we are going to see what happens over the course of the year. We're pretty soon going to add in some colored cards. So as people give their lives to Jesus, that wall is going to turn from white to a different color, and we believe that's going to happen. So that's there. Check it on the way out. Um, Next, uh, welcome lunch. So first Sunday of every month, we do a welcome lunch at our house. Monica and I love to have you over, get to know you, um, answer questions that, the, that you might have. Um, and so February 4th is going to be the next one. Um, that's Monica's number. You can text her and let her know that you're planning to come. If you'd like to be there, we'd love to have you there. Um, next is a little gift for some of the people in the room. These may look familiar. Um, if you've been around for a while, you have your amazing Arise water bottle. I actually, this morning, I have my Alliance Northwest one because I stole the idea from the district office. So I've got our district office one right here. But um, if you're new to the church and you don't have a water bottle yet, they're going to be out in the lobby at the end of the service. So you can head back and you can get a free water bottle, pick your color. There are five. If you have been around the church and you've lost yours or damaged one, you can purchase a new one. Um, <laughs> talk to Amanda when you're back there at the table. So yeah, we just want to bless you uh, and thank you for being a part of the church. So lastly, the offering, three ways to give. You can give online at, at the website, wheelarise.org forward slash give. You can give on the Tithely app. You can drop it in the basket at the back. Let me pray. God, you have been insanely and abundantly generous to our church, so we are grateful for all that you are, you've given us. Uh, God, we look at what you blessed us with last year, and we say thank you. Uh, and then as we walk into this year, uh, having just completed this week of consecration, God, everything we have is yours. So show us how to use the resources you've given us individually. And then with what we give to this church, Lord, would you take the resources that we have and would you do the loaves and fishes? Would you multiply it in abundance so that the lost will be saved, the hurting will be healed, the anxious at peace because they find their hope in you. So bless us, Jesus, we ask. Amen.
Um, so let's do this first little round of applause for Phil. Thank you for leading worship this morning. Phil is one of our really gifted Alliance worship leaders. He typically has been leading for the district conferences. So um, he's amazing, and I'm glad he's here. Uh, and now I get to pass you over to someone else who's amazing. Steve Fowler uh, recently transitioned to be the head of church health, right? What's the title? Revitalization. It, it, okay, it's revitalized. So the head of revitalization. So he's the one that is walking us through this revitalization process. Um, Steve was the pastor at Salem Alliance for a long time. You, if I'm right, you helped start RTI, right? That's your baby. The, the Bible college that exists there is his baby. That church is thriving. And you should jump on their website and check out what Salem Alliance is, is doing in their community. Much of that um, happened under Steve's leadership. So he's a tremendously gifted leader. He's a tremendously gifted communicator. And as I'm finding with all the people in our district, it's just a man, he loves Jesus deeply and he invests in us as leaders in this movement really deeply. So I'm really glad you're here. Uh, I'll bring you up to share God's word with us and then lead us through the exciting part of the morning. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Scott. It is uh, a blessing to be with you on this significant weekend where you uh, walk out of one season and into a new season. Um, there are all kinds of terms for that within the, the CMA, but terms are terms. But this is just like, as, as Scott has mentioned, you've been going through a season of consecration even this last week in a very intentional way. And I, I just want to say to you, as someone who has watched from a distance and also kept tabs on how things have been going, um, man, you're, you're blessed with the leadership you have. Um, I... I am I'm thrilled that uh, Scotty and Monica are here. I'm thrilled as I've come and I've watched some of you uh, in, in, in leadership in, in, um, in a variety of ways and have just been encouraged to see the work of God among you. So well done. This is a significant day. And I also want to pile on Phil. Phil, there's, there's an anointing on you, man. And it's a breaker anointing. There's something about you when you lead worship that doesn't just, it isn't just about singing. Worship happens in multiple ways, right? Singing is one of them, just one of them. But there, there's, there's an anointing on you that when you lead people into worship, you actually, you bring us into the presence. And it's a breaker anointing. And I just want to say thank you for that. And I bless you for wherever God takes you in the future, that that just actually gets multiplied whatever setting you find yourself in. So thank you so much for leading us today. So I just wanted to pile on a little bit. Hey, let me, let me just give you a little bit of a, a foreshadow of uh, what's going to happen as I'm up here because uh, I, I do want to talk to you a, a little bit from, from Scripture about something I think it's, it's important for you to know and actually I think you're already embodying. And the second thing is just some legality stuff that is um, it just one of those things that you have to do because of the state we live in. Uh, so we're going to do both. Um, and I, I want to I take us to a text first, and then we will um, we'll do the legal stuff that needs to happen. And then the most important thing, um, there'll be some sustenance, I think, on the back end of everything, which sounds like there's great anticipation for, maybe even more anticipation for that than the return of Jesus at this moment. But we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Hey, so if you've got your Bibles, go to Exodus chapter 33. Exodus 33. I want to read a passage for you. 
um, that is well known. In, in fact, I, I want to say that last time I was here, I, I wanted to just give you a little, a few echoes from uh, Exodus 33, and I'd just like to go a little bit deeper uh, on this time. Let me just set some context for you. This is, what I'm going to read to you is directly happening right after the golden calf incident. Um, so if you, I'm sure you know that because you've read your Bibles, you know that the children of Israel, they've been saved from slavery in Egypt, and now they're making their way to the promised land. They're in the wilderness, and they have this low point in their journey in which they, um, they, tur- they make this, this idol. This text follows right after it. Here's what you're going to hear as I read the text. You're going to hear God saying, you guys are going to the promised land. I'm not going with you because if I do, I might hurt you. Um, second thing you're going to hear is you're going to get a little description of how Moses, Joshua, and the people, how they responded to God's presence. And then you're going to see how Moses responds to God's news that they're going to the promised land, but he's not going with them. That's what you're going to hear. So let me pick it up, Exodus chapter 33, verse 1. The Lord said to Moses, get going, you and the people you brought up from the land of Egypt. Go up to the land I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I told them, I will give this land to your descendants, and I will send an angel before you to drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and Jebusites. Go up to this land that flows with milk and honey, but... I will not travel among you, for you are a stubborn and rebellious people. And if I did, I would surely destroy you along the way. When the people heard these stern words, they went into mourning and stopped wearing their jewelry and fine clothes. For the Lord had told Moses to tell them, you are stubborn and rebellious people. If I were to travel with you for even a moment, I would destroy you. Remove your jewelry and fine clothes Well, I decide what to do with you. So from the time they left Mount Sinai, the Israelites wore no more jewelry or fine clothes. It was Moses' practice to take the tent of meeting and set it up some distance from the camp. Everyone wanted to make a request of the Lord, who who wanted to make a request of the Lord, would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. Whenever Moses went out to the tent of meeting, all the people would get up and stand in the entrances of their own tents. They would all watch Moses until he disappeared inside. As he went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and hover at its entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. When the people saw the cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they would stand and bow down in front of their own tents. Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Afterward, Moses would return to the camp, but the young man who assisted him, Joshua, son of Nun, would remain behind in the tent of meeting. One day, Moses said to the Lord, you've been telling me, take these people up to the promised land, but you haven't told me who you will send with me. You have told me I know you by name and I look favorably on you. If it is true that you look favorably on me, let me know your way so I might understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor. And remember that this nation is your very own people. The Lord replied, I will personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. 
Then Moses said, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. How will anyone know that you look favorably on me and on your people if you don't go with us? For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all the other people on the earth. This is God's holy word. Let's pray. So Lord, this morning, Lord, I I declare that apart from you, I can do nothing. So I ask for a fresh filling to be able to speak the words that you would want to speak to us. And I ask this in a way, Lord, that I might be an echo of heaven today, that you might provide fresh manna for our souls. Lord, we need a fresh word. We need to hear from you. So may every other word just fall to the ground and may the words that you are speaking be heard. And would you, Lord, give us ears to hear what your spirit is saying to us. We pray this in your name. Amen. I have a friend named Matt who uh, went to McDonald's with some friends one day. And while he was there, he was ordering his meal. He was a little bit hungry like you are. And he ordered his meal and um, ordered a Big Mac and all the you know, stuff that goes with the Big Mac. And uh, they, the food came and the guy got his food. The guys all got their food and Matt got his food. And they're sitting around the table and they're, they're opening up their food to get ready to, to eat it. And uh, Matt looks at his Big Mac and he takes a pause. He looks at it. And he looks back up over at the counter where, you know, they have those giant flat LED screens that have pictures of the food. And he's looking at his Big Mac and he's looking back up at the picture of the Big Mac on the screen. Um, and uh, Matt folds up his, his Big Mac in the paper and walks up to the counter and then uh, gets the, the employee who's behind the counter attention and says, uh, he's got a problem with my meal. And the employee says, well, what's the problem? Matt goes, this is not that. What I have in my hand is not the picture of what I'm seeing on the screen. And um, Matt got some attention that day, and I still don't think he got the this that was that, but he got a little bit closer. You ever had that experience where you are promised something, and you look at something, and you, and you, and you finally have it in your hands, and you go... This isn't exactly what was promoted or what was advertised. And uh, can I just say that oftentimes in my role, as, as Scott said, that I, I go around churches and I work with churches that need revitalization, and I love that what I get to do. But oftentimes what I hear arise out of the churches that I spend time with is this, they may not use these words, but as they look at the text and as they look at the, and they study what, what, what the church could be and perhaps should be, there's a, there's a lingering idea that flows from the hearts that simply says, this is not that. And the reason I believe that this is not that is because I think we've actually, we've drifted a bit, much like the children of Israel, and, and we need some desperate spiritual recalibration to what God has called us and who he has called us to be. I read this text uh, uh, be, because it, to me, it's so central to who we are. You, you heard me read, you, you heard how it's post-golden calf and God is, is fairly disappointed with his people. 
And then God makes an offer. Here's his offer. I'm going to give you everything you've longed for. I'm going to give you everything that you've had desire for. I'm going to give you all the goodies. I'm going to take you up to the land of of milk and honey. I'm going to give you, this is the good land. This is the promised land. This is the land that you've been, that you've been told that's a promise to you. I mean, it's, a, it's like, it's fertile. It's got, it's got great vineyards. It's, it's just, I mean, it's, the pastures are just green. This is the good land. You've been living in the desert. You're about to go to the good land. I'm going to give you everything you've ever, ever longed for. But here's the thing. I'm not going with you. I'm going to get, I'm going to, I'll send an angel ahead of you. I'll, I'll, I'll blow out all the obstacles and all the roadblocks for you. I'm going to make, you're going to get everything you've ever wanted in the promised land. But the deal is, I'm not going to be there with you. Because if I am, I might lose my temper. And the people mourned. Why did they mourn? They mourned because God was stern with them and called them stiff-necked and rebellious. I think they mourned about the wrong thing. Now, some time goes by, and the writer of Exodus gives us a fascinating little interlude because Moses is going to have a conversation with God about what he's just told his people. The interlude is this. These are a people who follow the cloud. They're going from Egypt to the promised land. And um, one, one theologian, one preacher has said, you know, that described their journey as like this, you know, the fastest way from point A to point B is a zigzag. His name is Don Sanukian. Because that's, that's been the journey of the people of Israel. They're zigzagging their whole way through the wilderness uh, because God's at work with them. It's taking longer than expected I think I overheard Scott say this morning, you guys have been in the redevelopment process for five years. My guess is that for some of you, this has taken longer than you expected. But God will zigzag us because he's got things he wants to teach us and things he wants us to know. But you're at the cusp of something new. It's a new song. It's a new day. Yet God is... It's just a little interlude here. Moses, as he would follow the cloud, which, by the way, I don't believe it was always a convenient thing when you know, God would move. Sometimes he would stay much longer than people wanted to stay, and sometimes he would set up camp, and then they would move the next day. It's like, we just set up camp. Can't we enjoy this location? I mean, we don't get all those details, but when you follow the cloud, convenience is not top of the list as far as priorities. You just go where the cloud goes. But when they set camp, Moses' practice was to set up a tent of meeting that was far away from the camp. It'd be set up over here. And when when he set up that tent and when Moses would go to the tent uh, and act as a mediator for the people, Joshua would go with him and he, he would be... Some texts say he's just outside of the tent. Some say that he's in the tent, depending on how it's interpreted in the original languages. But what we do know is that over here, the people would stand in front of their tents and look at awe and wonder and would worship 
from their tents as they saw the glory cloud come on the tent of meeting. It's a fascinating picture of how people respond to the presence of God. It's an interlude in the story. See, there's Moses in the tent having a face-to-face conversation. He's in the presence. Joshua is getting as close as he can to the presence. And actually, the text tells us that when Moses, when he exits the tent of meeting, Joshua lingers. I think Joshua is having a second-hand experience of what it's like to be in the presence of God. My wife's dad, my father-in-law, my wife is here, um, he had a massive heart attack. Um, Well, significant blockages. I don't think he had had the actual heart attack, but he had significant blockages in his heart. Um, He, alcoholic, chain smoker, I remember being at his house, he'd, he'd smoking uh, unfiltered camels and had a little, little vacuum thing that was supposed to suck s- the s- cigarette smoke up that we all knew didn't work, um, but he took it wherever he went. Um, but when he had his heart surgery, the doctor told him, no more alcohol, no more cigarettes, it'll kill you. Um, and in rare fashion, he went cold turkey and has not smoked a cigarette since and he's not had a drink of alcohol since. One day I got into a conversation with him and I said, look, this is really fascinating to me. By the way, he replaced that habit with lifesavers. So he's always popping lifesavers. I asked him, does the craving ever come back to smoke a cigarette? And he's like, I'm telling you, when I go to the grocery store, and I find that I'm near someone who has smoked cigarettes, I can smell it on their clothes. And I pretend like I'm shopping in their aisle. And I walk up as close as I can to them and take a deep breath just to inhale secondhand the, the smell of the cigarettes. When I'm standing in line at the grocery store and I look and I see someone giving their money, I can see the yellow in their fingernails. He said, this is, this is maybe sounds a little bit disgusting, and you might think this sounds disgusting. He said, I could suck their fingers. Enjoy your lunch. <laughs> Look, he, he, here's the deal. I think there's some of us in the room who know what it's like to be in the tent. I think there's some of us in the room that have been satisfied with a second-hand experience with the presence of God. You've drawn up close to people who have been in the presence and you love being with them. That's good. But do you know that Jesus wants you to have a firsthand experience with him, a firsthand encounter with him? He's inviting you into his presence. He wants to be with you because not only does he love you, he actually likes you. And yet, then there are those who from a distance, oh, they're there. They're in the room, and they see the presence of God come down on the tent of meeting, and they might see Joshua lingering, but it's worship from a distance. And could it be on the cusp of a new season for you as a church called Arise, that could it be 
that today's a day that you say, I want in the tent. You may be here, I, I don't know you. You may be here and you've been watching from a distance what's been happening around this place. Could it be the day that you say, I'm in? I'm in. Now, there's our interlude. I'm giving you everything you've ever wanted. You're getting the land of milk and honey. You're getting all the goodies of the promised land. It's all going to be yours. I'll send an angel uh, ahead of you. He'll wipe out all the obstacles. It's a smooth ride interlude. We've got people in the tent, people lingering by the tent, people watching from afar. And then we get the, the back end of this text. And the back end of this text is Moses saying, look, God, you promised that you were going to lead us and, um, and these people are your people. This nation is, is your nation. And if you don't go with us from the wilderness into the promised land, then, um, then, then I'm not going. So God says this to Moses. Mo, I'll give, I'll give everything you've ever and, and I'll be with you. I'll go with you. Because you and I have a special relationship. You and I are going to spend, yeah, I'll go with, because it's you, I'll go with you. And Moses then says, God, you are the one thing that distinguishes us from the rest of the peoples of this earth. If you don't go with us, then we're not moving from this place. You've got to hear the beauty of what Moses is saying. He's, he's just the people and Moses just got the offer of success without the presence. Friends, let me just tell you about the church of Jesus Christ. When the church is having success without the presence, then this is not that. Moses gets the offer of success without the presence and he turns it down because he understands that the presence of God is the one thing that distinguishes us from the rest of the people on this planet. Friends, we're people of the presence. This is who we are. Hollywood would always make better movies than the church. There's nothing wrong with movies. There's nothing wrong with watching Christian movies. Some of you may be enjoying the Chosen series. I, but come on, you always know when you watch a Christian movie, it's just, it's just a, a little bit different than a Hollywood movie. Hollywood will always make better movies. Corporate America will always build better buildings. It's not wrong to have a good building. You have a fantastic building. I love driving up and seeing the, the name on the church and seeing some of the new things you're doing. It's not wrong to have a great building. But I'll tell you what, corporate America will always build better buildings. They just will. We're not supposed to be known for our buildings. Wall Street will always have more money. They, that's, that's why they exist. That's what they do. It's not wrong to have money. We need resources. You need to, to, to give generously, as do I. We do. But Wall Street is always going to have more money. Nashville is always going to make better music. There's great music out there. I, I love music. 
Look, friends, Hollywood's always going to make better movies. Corporate America's always going to build bigger, bigger and better buildings. Wall Street's always going to have more resources. Nashville's always going to produce better music. But we're the church. And our one distinguishing mark is not our music or our money or our buildings or plays and dramas and events and all, no matter how good all that stuff is. The one thing that sets itself apart from the rest of the peoples on this planet is the presence. We're people of the presence. And just so you understand, there is a heaven and earth difference between the omnipresence of God and the manifest presence of God. Omnipresence, think Psalm 139. David, doesn't matter where I go. If I go to the depths of the ocean, you're there. He's present everywhere. The manifest presence of God, oh, that's a whole other thing. That's the cloud coming on the tent. See, there might be a millionaire here today in the room that you don't know about, and they're present. But when they drop a check in the basket or when they write a million-dollar gift and have it on the app, they have just now manifested their presence. Maybe so. And there's a heaven and earth difference between the two. This is who we are. We're people of the presence. Moses is having a a conversation with God and God has just told him and the people, you're gonna get everything you want, all the goodies, all the stuff of the promised land, the milk and the honey, it's all yours. I'm not going with you. And what does Moses say? Moses says, not happening. You are the only one who distinguishes us from the rest of the people on this planet. It's the manifest presence of God. Blaise Pascal, brilliant mathematician. He actually is the father of the modern-day calculator. He constructed, his dad was a tax collector, and he made 50 mechanical calculators in his teens. He's the father of modern-day public transportation. Pascal lined up in Paris horse carriages that would go to certain locations in the city. It was the beginning of bus lines. He's a brilliant mathematician, very linear in his thinking. And Pascal has a moment when the glory cloud settles on his tent. I want to read this to you. Pascal writes, the year of grace, 1654, Monday, 23 November, Feast of St. Clement. From about half past 10 in the evening until half past midnight, fire. God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, not of philosophers and scholars, certainty, certainty, heartfelt joy and peace. God of Jesus Christ, God of Jesus Christ, my God and your God, thy God shall be my God, thy, the world forgotten and everything except God. He can only be found by the ways taught in the Gospels. Greatness of the human soul. O righteous Father, the world has not known thee, but I have known thee. Fire, fire, joy, 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 tears of joy. 
Pascal wrote that out on a piece of parchment. He folded it up and he sewed it into the hem of his coat. It was a private, personal moment between him and this moment of the the Spirit of God filling him and baptizing him. It was found after he died when a servant just randomly discovered this note sewn into his coat. And now the rest of the world can hear the moment where a very linear mathematician is all over the place as he's trying to describe his encounter with the presence of God. Friends, this is where we are to lead people, to encounter God, not at a propositional level, but at a personal level. I believe that God is calling you from a place of knowing God propositionally to knowing him personally so that out of what we would call in the, in the alliance as the deeper life, that the deeper the presence and the spirit and the word of Christ goes into me, the more powerfully the ministry and the mission of Christ will flow out of me. Because deeper life without mission leads to fanaticism. Mission without deeper life leads to humanitarianism. But when you put deeper life together with mission, what you get is spiritual awakening. And Moses, Moses won't be satisfied with anything less. And neither should you and neither should I. We were people of the presence. So, where are you? Are you in the tent? Are you trying to smell the presence off someone else? Are you over here? The invitation today is to answer the door as Jesus is knocking, to go in the tent with him and experience him as he's promised that you can experience him. Now, I want to pray and we'll do the other stuff that we got to get done and then I want to bless you. Let's pray. Lord, I give you great thanks for what you're doing here at the Arise Church. I love the passion and the zeal and the heart for the presence of God in this place. That we, that we truly might be formed in a way that we might represent you well to one another and to our world. And I bless that. And I pray, Lord, for an awakening. There be an awakening in this place, even to a deeper level, on this significant day for this significant church. Thank you. Thank you that there is good land ahead, good journey ahead. And I thank you that you will be with us. We pray this in your name. Amen. Okay, so now we got to do some stuff. 
that's going to feel like you're driving a stick shift and you don't put the clutch in and you try and change gears from what we just talked about to what we're doing now. But bear with me because there are some things that you're going to have to agree to so that we can move into this next chapter that God has for you as a church, okay? So um, I'm going to walk you through some resolutions that um, some of you may be familiar with Rob, Robert's Rules of Orders. Um, I'm using Bob's Rules of Orders. He, could you imagine have been in Robert's house? Like, I make a motion that we have dinner. No dinner until there's a second. Uh, it's just like very formal. So I'm going to do Bob's, okay? Anyone got a problem with that? Okay, good. That was Bob's in action right there. Okay, so here we go. We're gonna, I'm going to walk you through all these resolutions. We'll read them, and at the end of them, I'm going to have a stand, and then we're going to affirm that these resolutions are. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to declare that you are now in a reaccredited church with the Christian Missionary Alliance. And then I'm going to bless, then you'll eat, or sing, or whatever you've got next. Okay, so can we put that first slide up? Because here we go. So here's resolution number one. Be it resolved that Jessica Wilkinson will be elected as secretary pro tem at this meeting. All that means is that for this meeting, she can keep notes. Okay, second slide. Here's the list of charter members. I'm not going to read through all of them. You're in the room. There's two slides here. Can you go back to that first one? These are the people who have said, I'm, I'm not just a member in a passive way. I'm actually going to partner in the vision that God has for us. So you can go to the next, next, next list there. There's some more, more folks. Okay, next slide. Be it resolved that we, the above-named persons, initial members of record at Arise Church of the Christian Missionary Alliance, located in Hillsborough, Oregon, on January 21, be duly approved for membership in the Christian Missionary Alliance, a religious denomination incorporated as a nonprofit corporation under the laws of the state of Colorado and Ohio. It says Colorado and Ohio because the national office moved from Colorado to Ohio, and right now we're living in two places. Okay, next slide. And of which the Alliance Northwest District, incorporated under the laws of the state of Oregon, is an integral part, do now organize ourselves as an accredited local church of said Christian Missionary Alliance. Okay, next slide. Be it resolved that this organization be known as Arise Church of the Christian and Missionary Alliance of Hillsboro, Oregon. Resolution four. Be it resolved that the persons named in resolution number two above shall con constitute the church membership of Arise Church of the Christian Missionary Alliance of Hillsborough, Oregon. Gets even more exciting. Be it resolved that all persons completing church membership application form and having been duly approved for membership by January 21, 2024, shall be included on the charter membership list of the church. Resolution six. Be it resolved that we adopt verbatim and agree to abide by the uniform constitution for accredited churches as approved by the general council and found in the manual of the Christian Missionary Alliance. We are part of a larger family. Part of a larger family, and that's a good thing to remember. Be it resolved that the annual meeting of members of Arise Church of the Christian Missionary Alliance of Hillsborough, Oregon shall be held in the months of January or February. The governing board will set the date of the annual meeting 28 to 60 days prior to the meeting. 
Be it resolved that the chairman of the meeting be and is hereby authorized to appoint temporary officers and temporary governance authority. The said appointee shall serve until the members shall elect such officers and committee members as necessary at the 2025 and 2026 annual meeting of the members. Here's your governance authority appointments. I don't think that's surprising to you at all, but those are up there. We can go to the next slide. Number nine, be resolved that church governance authority be authorized to take any and all legal steps which are necessary for the insertion in all future church property deeds and in the church charter, articles of incorporation, the property reversion clause of the Christian and Missionary Alliance. Number 10, be resolved that that true copies of all official documents such as deeds, charter, mortgages, and all official minutes related to these items as well as minutes of this current organizational meeting be prepared and sent to the Alliance Northwest District Office for filing. Last one. (laughs) Be resolved that the proposed bylaws for Arise Church of the Christian Missionary Alliance of Hillsborough, Oregon be adopted. Just hold right there on that slide there. Okay. We've gone through all those resolutions. Those resolutions actually, they've been embodied in all the work you've done in the last five years to get to this moment. I don't want to minimize the significance of this moment. Some of you were here when this church went into redevelopment. And you've carried the pain of that moment with you. You've mourned. You've mourned what brought you to that point. And as you entered into this new season, there's moments where you wondered, is there a future for us? And then along the way, God began to breathe life into leaders and those leaders began to breathe life into one another and you began to breathe life into each other. You may have asked five years ago, can these bones live? I got good news for you. Oh yes, they can. And you're living proof. Because we're at a moment We're now going to a next chapter, a new season. I can't tell you how excited I am for you. So I'm going to ask you to stand. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you to say out loud, I'm going to ask that, do you agree to all these resolutions? And I'm just going to ask you to respond together out loud. Yes, we do. Not there yet. And then collectively, after you say that, I'm going to pray a blessing over you. And then I'll be done. I'll be out of your hair. And you can get to the stuff you're longing for. Okay? So, here's my question for you. I've just read a bunch of resolutions that have positioned you to the point now where you can cross that threshold from redevelopment into becoming an accredited church of the CMA, a rise church. Do you agree and will you say yes we do to the resolutions that I just read? Good yes, yes, we do. All right, you guys need to say that a little more passion. Okay, this is like, because 50 years when they talk about this moment, they wanna know that you were really, okay, 
Do you agree? Say yes, we do. Yes, we do. All right, that's more like it. Okay, so now let me just pray this blessing over you. And by the way, I'm gonna I'm gonna bless you with my eyes open. You can keep your eyes open, but you might want to go to a like a place of receiving. Hands out. There's something about getting our bodies postured in prayer and in worship. And I think you if this is all biblical, so you'll be okay to receive this. Okay, I, look, I bless you. May you, like the early church in Jerusalem, be devoted to one another. May you be a people who come under the word of God. May you be a praying and prayerful people and be awed and astonished at the many wonders and signs which you are blessed to see in the future. As was in this early church, I bless you with a spirit of generosity. May your heart for the poor prompt ridiculous and outrageous gifts of property, possessions, and time. I bless you with a deep, deep love for Jesus and for one another, and may God add daily to your number. I bless you and release a blessing to you. May you be like the early church in Antioch. May the hand of the Lord be upon you. May you, like those in Antioch, proclaim and first be good news as you proclaim. May the spirit of Jesus so transform you that those in your neighborhood and city might say, I think these people are Christians. May you as little Christ mirror the character and the ministry of Jesus. Wherever you go, I bless you with an apostolic, a prophetic, an evangelistic, a pastoral, and a teaching gifted men and women who will arise up among you who will be like Paul and Barnabas and be released into the neighborhoods and nations. I bless you with the blessing Paul spoke over the Ephesian church. May God give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that you receive a spirit of wisdom and revelation so you may know Jesus so much better. May the eyes of your heart be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. And finally, I bless you with the blessing that was spoken over the church in Smyrna. I bless you with the victor's crown. Those who made up this church were afflicted and persecuted. Yet they did not waver in their faith in Jesus. I bless you with the ability to embrace both a theology of suffering and a theology of power. May the victor's crown be placed on your head because of your faithfulness. Lord, we release this blessing in your name. We say that this is your, may your kingdom come and your will be done in our presence. And Lord, in this moment, we declare that Arise Church is an accredited church of the Christian Missionary Alliance. We thank you for your work among us and in us and through us now. Holy Spirit, we set the sail for what you're calling us to, but Lord, you're the one who has to blow. So we ask for a release of the wind of the Spirit to be at our backs and catch that sail and take us wherever you want to go. We want to be cloud followers. We want to be people of the presence, not for the sake of saying, look, at we're, this is that. No, we, we're doing that because without you, we're nothing. So pour out your presence. And we pray this now in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Yeah, you can whoop. <laughs> um, 
we're, we're going to worship, we're going to take communion together, but um, during prayer this morning, we gather always before the service at uh, 9 to 9.40 to intercede for what goes on here. And at the end of the time, we always stop for a couple of minutes just to listen and say, God, what, what do you have for us today? Is there anything that you want to say to the church? And in that quiet today, I found myself reflecting on some images from scripture and some stories and some wording. Um, with what has just happened. So again, I, I think Steve did a phenomenal job of setting the scene and the, the, the solemnity and sacredness of what we've just gone through. But you've heard me use this word before. We, we are part of a prophetic kingdom. Prophetic means that there is a there is a earthly realm and a spiritual realm and they're interconnected. And sometimes there are things that we do in the physical realm that enact change in the spiritual realm. And so what happened when we just went through those resolutions, we have had training wheels on. We lost the authority as a church. We didn't have the capability to lead ourselves. Through what we've just done, God has re-gifted our church with authority to lead. Um, like Elijah with Elisha, Elijah took his robe off and put it on Elisha's shoulders. Like the prodigal son returning to his father, the father took a robe and laid it on his shoulders. Like Monty talked about a couple of weeks ago, that royal robe that is placed on us. So what, I want you to close your eyes for a moment and I just want you to think through this image. What just happened in the spiritual realm is the leaders in authority over us took the robe of leadership authority and this is not a little light robe, this is a heavy royal cloak, and they've placed it on each of our shoulders. So I want you to feel the weight of leadership authority that now rests on your shoulders to carry this church into the future of what God wants so that the houses surrounding us, the people filling the houses surrounding us can be invited not to stay out there and watch the glory here, but can be invited through us to encounter the presence of Jesus personally so that our life will be changed. That mantle is on you. Walk in it. In Jesus' name.